So welcome to this Bioforum podcast, looking at innovations and how they might be transformational for biomanufacturing. And today we're looking at digital twins or virtual twins. I'm David Wallace from Bioform, and I facilitate collaboration between biomanufacturers, contract manufacturing organisations, and some of their IT providers. And with me today, welcome, is Kim Wilson from Dassault System, who is a wonderful contributor to my Bioform team. And you'll see her name as a co-author of some of our publications relating particularly to IT for cell and gene therapies. But Kim also posts on LinkedIn about digital twins and virtual twins. And I want to know more. What are they? Why are they relevant to biomanufacturing? So Kim, actually, I'm not quite sure what a digital or a virtual twin is. Sounds science fiction-y. So what is it in reality? Well, first of all, it's nice to be here uh, with you. And um, digital twins and virtual twins are a topic that are very prominent right now in all of industry. Um, in biomanufacturing, it's a little bit newer. So let's start with definition of terms. So a digital twin is a mathematical represent representation of a real world object or a system. Often they tend to be reproduced because they're kind of one dimensional. They're kind of static models and they're in an isolated system. So a virtual twin 3D experience isn't limited to a mathematical model. It instead is dynamic, it's evolving, it's pulling in real world data continuously, and it's looking at the entire system of systems, including the operating environment. So that's what the key difference is. You're connecting a virtual twin with real-time data, and you're looking at various inputs to help you make better decisions. So it sounds a bit like machine learning and artificial intelligence. Yeah, you use machine learning and artificial intelligence um, to help you understand you know, all the data that's coming in, and it's helping make those decisions for you but it's that constant feed of data into the system with real world information and then that machine learning and ai that helps you uh, see visually what's happening and it helps you make decisions so what would be the benefits of us using a twin for biopharmaceutical manufacturing well um Biomanufacturing is kind of complex and it's going to continue to be complex as new products are being developed and personalized medicine is coming into play and that's gonna be a bigger part of biomanufacturing in the future. As we've discussed in our CGT group, you know, you've got um, smaller batches, you've got unique, raw materials, you have a lot of manual processes, it's labor intensive, and all of that is expensive. So what could happen is you could look at a virtual twin of helping you to identify the process and how you might be able to make some changes, maybe add some automation, 
but you don't want to mess with a particular bioreactor of somebody's cells that's making a very coveted uh, therapeutic. So if you could do that virtually and look at the impact of pressure and temperature and humidity and, and the raw materials concentration, then you could potentially optimize that production process. So that's what I would like to see people start to talk about. So that's what's going on in the bioreactor for uh, individualized cell therapy with all that variation from different starting cells and so on. But we also talk a lot about how the this challenges in the whole supply chain. Do you see okay. any opportunity for modeling the supply chain as a as a twin? Absolutely. And you could be looking at the raw material suppliers and then post processing as well as your product goes out the door for delivery. Um, you're also going to be considering, you know, in a, a regular biomanufacturing facility, not personalized medicine, um, all the factors, you know, the equipment and maintenance schedules and where are the raw materials, you know, you pull them from stock and, and what do they look like on the floor. These are the kind of things that you can look at in real time with a twin. So in our cell and gene therapy biomanufacturers, but also with conventional biologics, a lot of our member companies are investing in new facilities. And sometimes there those ballroom facilities where everything's reconfigurable. Is there an opportunity for twins in that environment? Absolutely. Uh, companies are doing that today and we're working with some of them. And what they're doing is they're realizing that, well, some of this came from the pandemic, frankly, that the need to be more agile and flexible matters. And if you have a more modular facility, a ballroom concept, let's say, then you're gonna have your equipment on wheels, you're gonna have all the input flows coming in from external walls, and you're gonna be able to move the uh, production equipment around depending upon what you're making. So it's absolutely being used for this purpose. But what's different because we already have CAD design tools and 3D things that allow us to sort of position things on the floor. What's the extra that making it a virtual twin um, adds on top of that? So you can look at it from like the plant the product, the process, and the patient. That's how we like to, the four Ps. So for a plant, in an existing plant, you can consider adding equipment, doing an expansion. You can also look at um, where the equipment should go and any clash detection that would exist. Um, ergonomics for safety for the um, people that are working in the facility. These are all the things you can do in an existing facility. Now, if you have a greenfield facility, you can design everything on, you know, and make a virtual twin of it. And you could take 2D drawings. Um, you, if you don't have 3D drawings, then you could scan um, an existing facility and maybe morph it into what you want the new facility to look like. You can use a catalog to bring in the equipment that, that uh, you're considering. Um, if you're going to adopt robotics, and that could be happening in the packaging area specifically, I'm thinking, um, you could look at different robot vendors 
and anticipate what the movement would be. We have software that does that, that is agnostic to um, a robotic company. We have almost 2000 different robotics manufacturers in our arsenal that we pull from. And in the catalog, you're gonna be looking at not only the equipment, but the conveyors, um, the piping, you're gonna look at electrical, HVAC, all of that can be done. And then another consideration for the new facility might be a clean room. And you can look at HVAC related to that as well. So during COVID, we got a lot of experience working with hospitals. And in fact, um, if you'll recall early in the pandemic, Wuhan put up some emergency field hospitals. They built them in weeks. And we were asked to look at the HVAC for you know, one of these designs so that the people that work there and the people that weren't sick could benefit and potentially not get sick. So we ran simulation models using a twin and we were able to help them adjust the design. And all of this was in that race to bring thing, bring something, a new vaccine to market really quickly. What do you think are the key things that helped um, get things to market quickly that twins might be able to help with? Well, there are a couple of factors um, that happened. <clears throat> the first one, which we can't ignore, is operation work speed, which allowed companies to um, invest um, because there was funding there. Um, there were raw materials that were expedited to certain facilities so that they could continue their work. Manufacturers were actually, if they had a, a somewhat of a good candidate, were starting to manufacture in bulk, which they would never normally do because it's too expensive. And if you don't pass the clinical trials, then that would be a waste. So things were happening in tandem. Um, in clinical trials, in some cases, they were doing um, you know, multiple phases at the same time. So that was unusual. The other thing that happened was clinical trials, um, you know, people weren't going to a location the way you normally do a clinical trial because they weren't allowed or they were incapable. So, and the problem was people were dropping out of clinical trials. So uh, one of our subsidiaries, Metadata, is a clinical trial company and they launched a platform so you could do things virtually. And this way, the data would be coming in through the computer. Um, the supplies would be sent directly to the patient's home. And this would all be monitored in real time for safety by you know, the company that manages the clinical trials. So that was kind of innovative. In fact, Moderna um, used our cloud um, with metadata for their clinical trials. So that was unusual. Yeah, so we're starting to see it's a broad concept, this digital twin, because it's helping, it's drawing together those sort of virtual technologies we've um, become familiar with since COVID, I guess, but actually making it work for a clinical trials environment. You know, there were some interesting things that happened um, in addition using digital twins, and, and some of it um, may not be biopharma related, but I wanted to share. So think about it. There were companies like there was a Cascade a lacrosse helmet company. There was a, um, a, a snowboarding company. These were both in the US and they shut down their manufacturing because they had to, they weren't essential and they flipped to producing face shields. Um, other companies produce PPEs. So 
in many cases they were using twins to redesign that, particularly where that made a lot of sense was if you were making ventilators. And um, there were companies that released their footprint on how to create a ventilator, and we used digital twins to re-align um, the manufacturing process. So although it isn't biopharma related in that case, people were using twins to generate um, PPE. So if you have your twin in place, it actually creates the environment where you have the capability to be really agile in reconfiguring what you're producing. And um, I suppose people talk about tech transfer um, as being one of the sort of uh, the slow processes about getting things to market. Do you think that digital twins have a place to play in that? They do. Um, the fact that you can accelerate process development you can take what you're doing at lab scale, which is typically what's happening in Vara Pharma, and you want to take it into the plant. You can model that and then simulate that and do continuous feed updates. And that is what allows you to do the tech transfer more effectively. Yeah. Um, what about med tech? Some of those combination products where it's not just the drug substance, but the delivery you know, injector thing or something like that. Is that a, a sort of somewhere that twins can play a part? Yes, it can be. In fact, you know, if you think about it, MedTech has been adopting that for longer than Biopharma has. So if you think of um, any, you know, like automotive and aerospace and industrial engineering um, or industrial equipment, I should say, they have adopted this long ago, and they've been able to demonstrate that if you use twins and you're getting this um, real-time data put in, you can design a product like a med device product and do iterative uh, modifications of the product design or retool it if it's in, you know, um, it's in the marketplace and you want to redesign it, you go back to that original model. Everybody's on the platform, everybody's communicating at once and can see the actual um, design. So in a combination product, you have that ability to retool the delivery device, like say an insulin pen, and then you're making maybe the insulin as an example. And then you want to combine the two so you need to look at things like what's the viscosity, you know, impact of adding, you know, the insulin to the device and what are the conditions that would impact um, its ability to be delivered effectively. Once you combine the device and the insulin in the manufacturing facility, then you have to carry that through the manufacturing facility for packaging and distribution. So you would want to simulate that as well for any adverse effects. So uh, yes, I think um, combination products is a, is a great application for twins. Yes, and I'm, I'm seeing that it's not just the mechanical design of the delivery mechanism, but when you include the viscosity of the, the product itself, suddenly you're modeling uh, a whole system which is includes the medicine as well as the delivery mechanism. Uh, Bioform is uh, famous for its digital plant maturity model. And there's a third release in draft at the moment. And we talk about connected and predictive and adaptive levels of maturity in the biomanufacturing world. Where do twins fit in that sort of framework? So I think 
you right now it fits in the middle. You have to not be at the basic level um, because you need to have connectivity. Um, you need to be using the IoT tools. Um, if you can get to level five someday, that would be great. That would be ideal. But I think it's workable if you're in level three and four. Now, that's a surprise. I thought you would be saying it was at level five. So if we've just got some basic level, basic connectivity of all our plant equipment and uh, quality and so on, then you reckon we can do some meaningful digital twinning? I think I think you can you'll end up doing maybe um, isolated twins. You may not have the system of systems experience if you're not approaching level five. But what I would encourage people to do if they're not doing this today is to get started. You know, you could look at just <clears throat> a twin of your plant or a twin of a process. Um, once you get started and you see the benefits of the collaborative effects um, within your organization and a direct input, let's say if it's a plant, um, an output of improving your cost or you know your personnel or your equipment maintenance. These are things that are directly transferable into the bottom line. And then you take that up the ladder to management and the business and they start to see the value in it and it would pay for itself over time. So that's why I would say, you know, ideally you want to be at level five, but realistically, who's there? So you talked about getting started with twins. What do you think are some of the key things that biomanufacturers should be thinking about in order to make it possible to have twins or to do these smaller scale twins that you've described? The company needs to get on board. It's it's a it's a paradigm shift. Um, you need it needs to come from the top that they're going to make this change they're going to look at the the real world data coming into the system and providing actionable insight i mean there's so much data that companies collect we're drawing in it yeah and and what do you do to contextualize that so that it is actionable and that needs this whole approach needs to come from the top. And if people are supportive um, into getting started, then I think it will be easy for them to see the translatable nature of expanding it so that you could do the whole environment where you're looking at the plant, the process, the product, and eventually the patient who's gonna, you're gonna be improving the outcome for the patient, which is why we're all here. So this has been happening already in aerospace and car manufacturing and even in heart research. I've seen some of your case studies. They're marvelous. But what are the obstacles in biomanufacturing? Why has it not happened here yet? What's stopping us? I think, you know, we're we're looking at it's it's a it's like you're baking, right? You're you're making something, you're having a chemical reaction, um, and there's a lot going on. And my impression is that people have been doing it a certain way for so long, they don't want to touch anything because it's a highly regulated environment. It's, it's kind of like I make, the, I make the cake every time. And even though the humidity goes up or my altitude goes up, I don't want to touch it. And, and this is where I think we can make advances. 
by if you set up the twin, you could troubleshoot some things in the twin. You're not impacting the current manufacturing process, but you're gaining valuable insight. And as you gain that insight, then you can start tweaking your process always within the frame of the regulatory um, yeah. process that you've already validated. So alongside that really robust process, we can build a twin of it in order to think about it and do what ifs on it, but that doesn't change it while it's working. So right. uh, we must be using data that's already creating and creating some kind of twin. Very good. So given that, what's the most important thing biomanufacturers can do to prepare the way for this to be really effective in future? As I said earlier, it's really important for the organization to support this and realize that the paradigm shift needs to happen. So I would get educated. I would bring people in and start talking about how could I impact my production process or my plant and think of the things that are causing the most headache, the bottlenecks that exist and identify where you want to start. So the other thing we haven't talked about is sustainability, and that is a huge topic. And you know, the C-suite is committed to making advances there. And this is another area where where we can look at twins to facilitate that. Yeah, so there's like a, a big new theme where we not only have to help the patient satisfy our stakeholders, but also preserve the ecosystem of the planet. And uh, and so that you know, we, we want to be able to analyze what we do today and and work out ways forward that will do that better using so, twins. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if everybody knows this, but the global pharmaceutical industry is like 55% greater emissions than the automotive industry. Which really? When I heard that, I was kind of shocked. But it's because they're doing a lot of chemical mixing, they're using solvents, and and they're creating a lot of waste and emissions for that. So there are ways, you know, to potentially reduce that by doing simulations. Um, and if you optimize your your process, you can eliminate, you know, you can make things faster, accelerate production, and eliminate some of that waste. And if you're not really analyzing your process, then you're not going to be able to solve that. Of course, you're going to be looking at ways to reduce energy and water consumption. You know, there's this debate on whether you should use single use bags or use the stainless steel um, uh, container. Well, there are there are models that I've seen um, that are in, you know, we have demos for it where you can add in all of the elements and the impacts and it will tell you which is better in your situation. Yeah, so we have this we have this instinct, don't we, that it must be better with less plastic bags or something. But what we want to do is to say, well, what does that do to water use and carbon and to emissions of pollutants and uh, all of those factors? And that's a complex thing that's hard to 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 get right just on instinct, isn't it? There is, and there are some standards that have been uh, created um, by an external uh, firm. And those are used throughout industry to state, you know, this is what you would look at if you're going to consider which would be better in your situation. You know, it'll look at factors like 
the rinsing that has to, washing of the stainless steel that has to occur. And what do you do with that waste and the energy required to accomplish that task? Whereas a single use application, it, it is plastic, but it doesn't use necessarily all of that energy and, and creates a, a better sustainable product, frankly. So sustainability is a key win um, for the C-suite. Um, but what other things do you think are big opportunities using twins for biomanufacturers? So there's a number of things, and it would depend on the company um, as to what they're looking to do. Um, cost of goods sold is something that um, the business would be looking at. Um, if you could lower your operating expenses, um, if you could accelerate time to market, if you could reduce material and energy costs um, and improve quality, that's those are things to consider. And I'm thinking of a company that's just down the road from me in Framingham, Massachusetts in the US. It's a um, Sanofi facility. Um, it was Lighthouse. Um, it's digitally enabled. It's uh, continuing um, manufacturing where the production process is connected with R&D. They use virtual twin technology to optimize the remote manufacturing. They use real-time data capture and analysis. And everything is digitalized and paperless. They're 80 times more productive than a regular facility. They can make medicine in less time for twice the number of patients and with a smaller environmental footprint. So that, to me, is an example of what another facility could do, another company could do, if they're, now that's a new facility, obviously, but you could make modifications in an existing facility as well. So these are the kind of things I think people need to think about when we're asking for them to consider a paradigm shift. Fantastic. I've learned a lot. There were a few surprises in there, which is good. I'm educated today. Thank you so much, Kim. And uh, to our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, Bioform podcast about an innovation. I hope you've learned as much as I have today. For now, thank you very much, Kim, and goodbye until next time, everybody.